and welcome to the Dating, Relationships and Sex podcast. I'm Rachel Sharn, the Embodiment Practitioner, a dating, relationships and sex educator, coach and body worker. I'm passionate about supporting people to improve their well-being in the context of relationships and intimacy. I have over 25 years of experience in education and live with my two children in South Wales. Each episode, I'll be talking to people who work in the domains of dating, relationships, sex and wellness. We'll discuss issues that come up for many people and importantly, healthy strategies people can practice to help them with their issues and contribute to their well-being. I'm so excited to give my guests a voice and my listeners a chance to engage with their sharings. In this episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to a professional mentor and dear friend of mine, Amy Holland. Amy is CEO of Single Parents Wellbeing, which is a peer-led social enterprise embedding a compassionate, empowering and positive approach to being a single parent. What started as a walking group has grown into 2,500 members and they run workshops, meetups and everything in between. They make sure that single parents don't feel as lonely or isolated and inspire them to navigate single parent families as a team. Amy is also training to be a human givens counsellor. This is an empowering and proactive approach to counselling, which looks at what needs are missing and what natural innate systems we all have that can support us with mental well-being. Amy is a single mum of two sons, as well as being in a relationship. Welcome, Amy. How are you feeling today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm feeling good, thanks. Being excited about recording this with you. Yeah, great to have you on. Thanks for coming. So um, I really wanted you to be a guest on this podcast, Amy, because you've been such a huge part of my professional and personal development. Not only have you been one of my biggest cheerleaders, but you played a vital role in my coaching training as you were such a fantastic volunteer for ongoing one-to-one sessions. Yeah, so I'd like to ask you a question that I will be asking all my guests at the beginning of each podcast episode. What is an area of growth or challenge that you've experienced recently in a personal or professional relationship? And what strategies did you use to help navigate it? Um, yeah, like firstly, I loved being a volunteer and it was like, it came at such a good time for me yeah. um, when we were doing it. So it was brilliant. It was like a mutual um, being able to receive those sessions with you and stuff. Mm. And it was like a real model of counselling that I hadn't encountered before mm. and I just loved it and, and yeah I got to do it with you for 10 weeks was it yeah it was yeah. A, over quite a period I think you volunteered for 15 sessions all together yeah. over a few months yeah it was such a privilege and just such a lovely model and what you do you're so good at what you do as well thank you yeah so it, yeah it was brilliant so I just wanted to say that thanks so um yeah so I, I was mm. thinking about this and we were just chatting about it before we pressed yeah. record yeah and then I I think I want to I wanted to talk about boundaries mm. so I am a reformed people pleaser yes um I hear you <laughs> I am a people pleaser, recovering, um, yeah. and it's just sort of like never ending. And we talk a lot about how mm. self development doesn't end, mm. and how it's like a lifelong thing. And a few times we've sort of said, like, when does this end? And yeah. you know, but it's just never ending mm. and stuff. Mm. So the and the boundaries mm. sort of you think you've got hold of one part of it and you think that the people-pleasing part is okay Mm. and then you move into another scenario and then it sort of props up again. Yeah. Um, So for me, Mm. the boundaries is around having those... So my having those boundary mantras ready because my first response Mm. is to freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, And I freeze sometimes not out of fear mm-hmm. so how you do the the fight or flight or yeah that sort of nervous system response yeah. yeah I do it as a response because I don't want to say something or mm. um, respond I don't want to react mm. instead of respond so it's almost like you're afraid you'll go into fight mm-hmm. say something that you'll regret later so you sort of go mm, and yeah mm, freeze and that feeling of when mm. you do say something that's awful to someone you mm. love or someone 
and someone just gets the brunt of you that you're in a bad mood. I'm also Aries, so fire mm. sign, pocket <laughs> rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so my freeze is sort of a response mm. to that, um, as as well as sometimes being scared. Yeah. Um, mm. So those boundary mantras and mm. um, oh, this is sounds really important. I need to get back to you or. Mm. Um, I'm not. I can't talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends who you're talking with. Mm. And obviously, if it's someone mm. near and dear to you, you could even say, mm. "I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing, mm. so I just need five minutes mm. to collect my thoughts." Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use it with my kids as well. Yeah. So this is. Um, I can feel that the thinking part of my brain is switched off. Yeah. So I just need five minutes with a cup of tea, and then. Yeah. And we talk about this again. And... I love that. So you've got like pre-prepared statements mm-hmm. that you can just like whip out of the mm-hmm. toolbox when you're feeling dysregulated just to sort of um, keep the situation as calm and, and stay stay in relationship with the person. Yeah. Yeah, and keep that human connection going. Yeah, and just sort of mm. like recognising it. The first thing is to recognise recognize that you're mm. dysregulated. Mm. And then you can, mm. because I sort of, um, as well, in those situations, if something else has happened as a people pleaser, yeah. you either go into freeze or fawn, for me, yeah, where you'd be like, oh, isn't it a lovely day if someone's done something awful, or, oh, I'll do that and put up your hand, and yeah. this, um, so for me as well, my, my boundary mantras are around backing out of something as well, and saying, mm. oh, um, you know, I said yes to that I actually when I went back and looked at my diary yeah I can see that this I've actually got lots on or Mm. um again if it's someone near and dear you could say um I said that in the moment because I just wanted to please you yeah actually that caused me pain or hurt yeah wow that's so powerful I, I was just thinking while you were talking then that it can be when someone maybe there's some level of upset it can be quite a sort of again as a a recovering people pleaser (laughs) oh no it's fine don't worry I'm fine I'm fine and then you go away and you're like I'm really not fine and it's like finding that finding your feet with actually being able to express yourself I know I said I was fine but I actually wasn't after all or I know I said I'd do that with you but actually you know I'm not resourced or I'm busy or something yeah, and so, I think as like women and stuff as well, it's mm, like really important to remember you can change your mind, you mm, can sort of change direction, you can go away and think about it. Because mm, I think as women, we're like really programmed to just fall in line, and yeah. and I'm sure lots of men feel like this as well. And mm. we fall in line, we we say what to please people yeah. and to not cause conflict. Yeah. Um. Because again, we were talking about conflict before we pressed record. Yeah. Yeah. For huge me, that's topic. part of my mm. boundary statements. Because um, what came up this week is I was in training, and the trainer mm. um disclosed that she's had to completely learn, mm. relearn how to approach conflict and how to mm. because it it just was never shown in her house. Yeah. So everything people would walk away or just do the fawning and stuff like mm. that rather than face the problem or yeah. brush it into the carpet. Yeah, it's huge. So it's not always mm. that people are over the top in conflict. Mm. It can be that they don't know how to be in conflict and that can cause dysregulation. And yeah. yeah so it's like going to the other extreme where you end up maybe stonewalling because you withdraw so much. So, yeah. It's, you yeah. don't know how conflict can play out or pan out because yeah. it's never happened not modeled to us yeah. yeah yeah exactly so powerful yeah. so yeah just hearing you speak as well I'm thinking yeah the the four um responses that you mentioned the fight flight freeze fawn also think it's important to notice that while a person might be more prone to do one or two we can all do all four mm-hmm. at different times and different situations and you got experience of that yeah but yeah it's like a relearning so you know boundaries conflict those things that you've mentioned is is so such powerful work it's like a an unlearning of the unhealthy ways and a relearning of these healthy ways which is I know a passion of yours in your work and in your personal life and a massive uh, passion of mine in my professional and personal life as well Awesome. Thank you. So moving on, 
Yeah, so just, um, of course, you do such important work and I really want you to tell me about the organisation that's so successful that you that you had, which is called Single Parents Wellbeing. Um, how did it start? Why did you set it up and what were the starting points? Um, so we actually set up as a walking group. Um, I mm. was really mentally unwell, just become a single parent. Mm. Um, you came on the first ever walk that we did. Wow. That's how we met. Yeah. Um, and I was really unwell and we had children the same age. Mm. So I was going through um, a breakup mm. and becoming a single parent mm. for the second time. Mm. And um, yeah, just my confidence was really low and mm. I felt that the services on offer out Mm. there weren't for me Um, Mm. and I met the co-founder Rachel Kewell Mm. and she felt the same she felt that she her so my my ultimate overarching Mm. feelings Mm. was the stigma of being a single parent stigma yeah yeah. so I sort Mm. of used to go to parks where I knew there wouldn't be many people with Mm. my children and I used to hate going to like baby groups because I used to see everyone's wedding ring and I really mm. felt that stigma of um being a single parent. Mm. Um and Rachel Kuhl, um she hers was so she was married and then mm. got divorced and mm. she came from a di- different angle to me. And she didn't actually feel that stigma, mm. but she was also struggling with her mental health. Mm. So we sort of that's her not worrying about the stigma really rubbed off on me and we decided to set I was really passionate about walking for well-being and being out in nature Mm. and the impact that had on me and my children Mm. and so we just thought it'd be great if we could do that with other single parent families yeah so yeah we started off with volunteers just doing walking for well-being which is still around now Mm. and um and then we developed wellbeing workshops, mm. which were great, and just come into an end in November, and they've been mm. around for the full six years. Wow. I know, yeah. So, um, but we're hopefully going to develop it further into this whole holistic offering. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we ran some other projects, which um, mm. we might talk about in a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just the whole ethos of it was around mm. being peer-led, so that autonomy and sense of status mm. that is often taken away from single parents mm. um we just really wanted to like build connections in a yeah. really compassionate mm. and positive way yeah yeah because there's so much sort of out there around single parents and mm. the negativity that surrounds us and i i don't think i feel that anymore because mm. of this community wow we just wanted other people to feel that and the benefits that we felt yeah our children were feeling as well and mm. they sort of got to meet other children from single parent households um my eldest I remember when mm. he came home from his first day of school said oh mum do you know some parents live together because he just and it was oh, nice that he didn't yeah he doesn't sort of know anything about it and I was like oh no way because <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so normalized for it him it's really normal to him and he yeah is he, he's really fine with living in a single parent household because yeah. he's had that positive experience of seeing other people and mm. feeling not feeling out of place or, yeah oh that's uh, so powerful yeah. yeah so the whole stigma busting mm-hmm. human connection and kind of resilience mm-hmm. some might like to call it empowerment autonomy being kind of yeah, cornerstones uh, of what uh, you yeah, do the core of what we do and that holistic mm. approach to everything as mm. well and we always sort of try and look for mm. what's out there and or like an act on what the single parents mm. say they want, but think yeah. how can we do this differently based on you know mm. why are why aren't single parents accessing mm. similar stuff mm. um, that's out there and, mm. and it just um it's sort of like a real eye opener that the mm. people that use the services are the best people it's so obvious isn't it mm. are the best people to yeah. inform it yeah yeah but you like there's lots out there that sort of um we we've just started like a youth mm. project as well and yeah they, they just come up with like brilliant ideas wow. and, so you're and, giving the autonomy to really yeah. young people then as well yeah, yeah. so and, they, and they, they come up with the brilliant ideas mm. and you just think oh we would have never thought yeah of that. and you just it's sort of constantly 
like just allowing that um, control mm. to be taken over by mm. the people that are going to use the services and mm. and there's something really lovely when that happens yeah and, it's um, magical yeah. yeah and the fact that it's got 2500 members plus it's growing all the time and like you said you've got um systems where people where the people, the service users give the feedback and then you act on that feedback. So yeah, I mean, it's a really professional organisation and I can vouch for that as a member as well. And like you said, I've been there from the start and I've seen it grow and what you've achieved as well and all the other members of staff is just yeah. just incredible. And, the, and just the connections and the friendships and stuff like that, that's what's really important yeah. in, in each of the things we do. Mm. That's what's the main bit yeah 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 it's about yeah you know your support and exactly the friendships you make and yeah helping you really lovely and Mm. yeah people genuinely feel less lonely I mean there are Mm -hmm. holidays and stuff that you arrange and everything it's just fab Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan (laughs) 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 so yeah moving on from single parents well-being um I mentioned at the start that you've um You've been take, undertaking some training in a particular modality, the human givens counselling. Mm-hmm. So you could tell me a bit more about your work around that. Yeah, so human givens. Um, so I'm on my final year. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so um, I've just got to complete that, and then I'm mm-hmm. all official. But I'm a trainee at the minute, mm-hmm. and basically the human givens model mm-hmm. is um is like really compassionate really empowering really mm. positive mm. sort of um looks at the systems and services you've got already innately in you and mm. how, how you're maybe misusing them so for example mm. one of them is imagination okay so um in the human givens model mm. you'd um deeply relax someone and take them through guided in imagery so they could mm. imagine um, you know, being happy and healthy in whatever way they think that is, mm. um, and or giving a presentation to a big board of, of people, and yeah. um, it's it's really simple but really effective, and mm. and it uses lots of different models and, mm. and puts it all in one place. Yeah. Um, and I just think when I heard about it, um, I really thought that it fitted with SPW. It does, yeah. Yeah, so there's lots around, um, so there's nine Mm. needs that if they're not met in balance, Mm. then um, that's when you become mentally unwell, or maybe you would become addicted to something, or, you know, Mm. when your needs aren't met in balance. Yeah. And sort of the main ones that stood out for me and sort of connect with SBW, yeah. the autonomy and control, sense of status. Yeah. So that's about the PLAD element. Oh, fab. Um, and and I think like that's why lots of men struggle with mental health. And mm. That's the main reason that they mm. would struggle with mental health is the, a drop in status. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, the other ones around um feeling connected to a community. Mm. Um. And emotional intimacy, so that doesn't mm. have to be with a sexual partner. Yeah. It just has to be one other person that mm. you feel emotionally um, close to. Mm. Um, and the sense of achievement yeah. and meaning and purpose. Yeah. So that's like the workshops or seeing wow. that your life is moving along. Yeah. That self-development part of what we do. Um, and the, the security, I think, mm. is the final one that really connects with SPW. And it's in everything we do, we try and really create this really safe environment Mm. that's actually really well thought out and really hard to control as the group gets bigger. Mm. So sort of in the Facebook group, um, we constantly are monitoring to make sure it's safe. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. Um, Yeah, and 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 it rubs off because members report stuff. Yeah, it's like self-regulating or community regulated as well. Yeah, I think if you monitor it and um, model it, sorry, then you can sort of um, create that really safe environment. And for our youth project um, that's funded by the National Lottery, Mm. um, that's the main part that they said, they just want a really safe environment. Yeah to be able to express themselves and mm. be who they are mm. and be um, young people from single parent households mm. and not feel that stigma. 
Yeah. We, that's the same as what we want as adults. So yeah. We work really hard on that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it shows. So, yeah. It really pays yeah. off because... Um, we it's, have five people monitoring the Wow, Facebook that's group. incredible, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of it is run through the Facebook group, mm-hmm. isn't it? And people yeah. reach out for advice, and uh, whether it's, you know, emotional advice or legal advice, and there's just so, it's you know, it's a great community, and you get a real feel that everyone's looking Thank out you. for each other. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, how the human givens uh, train, train that you do and just feeds, it's like a positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. It just feeds right into what, the ethos of single parents' well-being is. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So I, I first found out about it because um, I picked up this sleep book mm. um, by Joe Griffin, who's the founder and mm. um, like co-founder. Mm. And I was just like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So he sort of said that if you, um, we've evolved to dream mm. as a flush mechanism for our worries. Mm. So actually, like the best thing you can do if you've got worries or anything like that is go to sleep and yeah. you know when someone says oh why don't you sleep on it it's yeah. actually the best advice you yeah, can yeah. because your brain just automatically files that away mm. and that's one of the first things you do mm. as a human giving cancer is mm. ask someone about their sleep oh right okay yeah. wow it's fascinating and it's, a, it's, it's such a good question to ask someone mm. well, how's your sleep what mm. is it um, rather than saying how are you yeah how are you sleeping you know, yeah like, exactly yeah how did yeah. you sleep last night just inquiring about that and yeah yeah because so. if, if uh, people often don't know I mean it's fairly obvious but people don't often they can't sleep can they mm-hmm. if they're feeling dysregulated yeah, yeah exactly so it gives people an opportunity to reflect on that mm-hmm. oh that's fascinating yeah I think I need to re- look into more about human givens and um, so just to check it's something that you can use I mean obviously it's feeding in, back into your work already but it's something that you can do as a counsellor one in one-to-one sessions yeah. as well, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, you know, in your wealth of experience in terms of um, SPW and your um, counsellor training that you're undertaking at the moment, uh, what are some of the most common challenges that um, SPW members or any other people that you sort of um, you meet up with in a professional or a trainee capacity what they face in their relationships this Mm -hmm. is all about relationships so just bringing it back um, to people's common challenges so I was just having a think about this and I thought it'd be nice to talk about it Mm. as a whole Mm -hmm. and maybe throw in some stats and then I thought we could talk about dating as a parent so, Very um, good pertinent topics. Yes. So, so some stats to start are that forty three percent of single parents feel low self esteem, mm-hmm. um, and also they have a status of bad or very bad, mm-hmm. a health status of bad or very bad. Sixty eight percent of single parents work, and we mm-hmm. see like a lot of burnout and a, a lot of. Mm poor mental health due to trying to juggle all of these plates yeah i know if you're like a single parent you'll be nodding along yeah (laughs) i know i am (laughs) Um, and i think there's this thing for single parents around having to push against that stigma and Mm. that they've got something extra to prove and again i think most single parents feel that and in the group there's you know there's lots of single parents that have done things because they're a single parent and they wouldn't have done that otherwise so Mm. like for example you Mm. training to be a sexological body worker Mm. is probably because you're a single parent and you push yourself that bit further yeah like whether you would have done that if you were in a married couple or not i don't know oh that is a really good point yeah yeah maybe something you haven't even thought about or yeah but potentially people when they become single parents uh i don't know if this is what you were meant by what you just said but sort of like um even though there are lots of uh moments where you might feel down and it might be a negative thing in your life potentially it could give you some more fire in your belly Mm -hmm. to sort of chase after your goals follow your dreams or maybe do something a little bit out there that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily do if you're more quote unquote settled is that the kind of thing you would think yeah exactly yeah and i just think we see it all the time in the group and 
people mm. going back and studying. Yeah. Because the average age of a single parent is 39. Mm. So, like, you know, there's <clears throat> this whole... <coughs> so there's this whole other mm. side that you are sort of discovering at that age. And mm. it's really interesting watching what people achieve. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, that is something really nice about being a single parent that you see. Yeah. But again, it's like having to prove something to the world prove something yeah, yeah. um mm. and the the single parents are actually the highest in work poverty rates mm. so although 68 percent work single parents as a whole are still in mm. in the in poverty the, mm. the percentage wise mm. um and, and that's out of all households which is wow. quite shocking, isn't it? It is. Um, and that, I think that just solo income coming into a household as opposed to usually it being two mm. with partner people. Yeah. yeah. And that pressure mm. is, is a lot sometimes. Mm. And juggling all of those plates. So just mm. for people that aren't single parents and listening, mm. that when you put all of that together, mm. there's a, there's some absolutely brilliant things about being a single parent. Mm. But you can see why that um, the low self esteem. Yeah. And I think. So when I was sort of researching this, the mm. I think in general, and the research backs this up, mothers yeah. feel mm. low self-esteem, especially around their bodies. Mm. Um, because they've had children, their bodies change, yeah. they're adapted because you grew humans, you fed humans, yeah. all of that, like amazing thing. Mm. But you can't help but look in the mirror and think... Mm this body is not the body that it was mm. and then I think if you add that on top of um being single again yeah and having to go out and date again oh and show your body to someone yeah again, I'm actually almost feeling a little I can feel like a physiological response to how that can make mm-hmm. be just so nerve-wracking for people women in particular as you said because of you know our experiences of birthing um, yeah, sorry, go on, didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, so I think, I think for me, I definitely felt that. And um, um, then around the body image, yeah. I definitely felt mm. um, that it was scary. Yeah. Um, and going out into the dating world again, and you have this different body and... Um, a different mindset you're at you know average age is 39 mm. might be going through the menopause there's yeah. like lots of like different factors yeah um and it's not easy is it no <laughs> yeah. it really isn't and a- yeah aging I guess menopause comes with it comes with age as well and, and grief there could be an element of grief around you know oh I didn't think twice about throwing on a bikini and jumping into a swimming pool when I went in my 20s and then these things happen to you you've got beautiful children but it's just those those sort of mixed feelings those darned mixed feelings of like yeah yeah, I've got these beautiful children I'm you know autonomous and also I have these challenges related to self-esteem and body mm. image. So yeah, I'm, I must say that I've, I've come across it as well with single parents or single mum friends of that sort of, oh my gosh, dating, you know, in our 40s or 30s um, or later or mm. earlier, but that sort of post uh, after you've become a parent it's just something that perhaps we didn't envisage happening yeah and, and mm. also as well um two-thirds of single parents were mm. married mm. so you were in a marriage for however long yeah and i i think you know i can't speak for everyone mm. but i think if you're in a secure marriage it might, yeah. might not be a happy marriage mm. but you at least think oh it doesn't really matter because i've got a husband it yeah doesn't really matter i don't feel fully confident in my skin mm. but i think when it's someone new and mm. and it'd be interesting to hear if like single dads feel the same yeah um because we we're saying it from a mum point of view because we've grown humans and all of that yeah but it's just it's just so interesting and just so um like the gravity of it as well. mm. I think it's really overlooked yeah and I don't think talked about much no it, it's another it's, one of those yeah. things that there's stigma and it's a bit of a taboo because it's sort of related to sex and it's like, well, mothers can not only enjoy sex, but sex with somebody else 
that is not the father of their children. It's not really something that um, society wants to really think about. So there's a bit of shame potentially around it as well. So yeah, that's a that's a really um, mm. tangible challenge that you've mentioned there. Yeah, and I just think um, it's really important to do the work first on yourself. Mm. And just um, like the, it was brilliant, the work and the, the you know I got to volunteer for those fifteen sessions. It just did me the world of good. I'm and so glad to hear that <laughs> because yeah. it just it, it's all in your head sometimes, mm. and it's just about getting stuff in place for it and working out what you can do. I didn't do any more exercise or anything mm. like that. It, it was just more of a mindset for me of like, mm. um, of how I was going to do all of that again. And, mm. and, and I think body image just instantly comes with low... Not instantly, some of the time comes mm. with having low self-esteem. Yeah, well, our body is, you know, the vessel mm. that contains us, sort of the essence of us, and then if you're feeling down on yourself, it's likely that you're going to feel down yeah. on your on your body as well, your ex- yeah. the external part that you present to the whole world, the whole world can see, you know, it can be... Yeah, and, and I think that's why big. it's really important to have mm. good friends on your side. And, yeah. Because your kids can be a bit brutal sometimes, <laughs> Yeah, they but can be. When you get out of the shower and stuff like that, yeah, and you just say, oh, brilliant. So I think it's Thanks for that, fun. son. <laughs> like, Why is it wobble? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Why is your bum so big? <laughs> yeah. Why have you got a wobbly tummy? Because you stretched it. Because you I grew two humans in here. Yeah. You know, um, and they're just being all innocent and mm. inquisitive and curious. Yeah. You are, if you listen just so you listen to your kids, my god. Yeah. It'd be even worse. And that's why it's good to like like be your, your own best friend but also have friends that would be like wow you look good and yeah a support network well. yeah, yeah exactly yeah so challenges and uh and well you've already started to sort of mention um antidotes or solutions to those challenges um yeah so as an organisation, how would you say um, SPW supports members to improve their well-being in the context of relationships? So we've mm. talked about challenges. Yeah, what are the ways? Yeah, I thought this was a really good question and it really got me sort of mm. thinking about what we do and just intrinsically li- all of it links to mm. relationships. And yeah. why we started it was mm. because me and Rach just wanted to connect with other single parents and that was the best thing that came out of it and then even in the wellbeing workshops because they've been around from the start Mm. it was that peer all the evaluation and the feedback points to that peer support Mm. and all the research as well points to that that's what single parents need the most is that being able to lead by experience yeah that autonomy and control and also have that feeling that um, they're understood yeah. by other people that they have relationships with. Mm. And it's, it's really hard to understand what it's fully like unless you're a single parent with mm. loads of stuff as well. Like, it's really hard to understand someone that's bereaved unless you've yeah. been bereaved. And yeah. There's lots of other examples about disabilities and everything. Yeah. You can try your best as a friend, but actually the only other person that probably understands is someone else with a yeah. disability. Yeah. Or someone else that is bereaved. Or so that deeper sense of empathy, mm-hmm. as in I, I actually know what it's like to walk yeah. in your shoes. And I So we had a, um, a really lovely again it's coming to an end um, called connecting creatively mm-hmm. and that started in covid as like an um it was called creativity in covid mm. and we in our minds we thought we'll give single parents an hour off so we mm. set up these online workshops with mm. like a really well-trained like artist mm. that would run through step by step with your kids yeah and what we found mm. is that the mums and dads were joining in too and their feedback was mm. that they loved that hour oh. to just be together and connect over something creative and mm. um and they and it, even the kids that didn't like crafts mm. and stuff like that so that then molded into this mm. connecting creatively mm. and it and we decided to make it really trauma informed and um and it be really playful 
and about mm. giving and receiving attention, which yeah. is another human need. Yeah. Um, and it and that is that has been like a really really lovely project to mm. see those relationships and that time in different environments. Mm. Um, so we do like skateboarding and there's been like traditional arts and crafts mm. and you know loads of stuff. Yeah. It's all decided by the single parents. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's been lovely, like seeing how how lush that bond is, and and I think we know as single parents, mm. you have this extra layer of a bond mm. with your child because you've been through a lot together. Yeah, and and it was just sort of highlighting that relationship, mm. which is really lush, mm. and modelling it, and yeah, it was really lovely. Mm. Um, and then in our socials and events, and yeah, that's all, again all around connections yeah. and. We really advocate for making friends with other single parents yeah. and just like building those relationships and mm. they they in themselves are quite healing and nourishing yeah. and lovely. Mm. Um and then sort of a few people mentioned in the group that SPW is almost like their second family. Yeah. Um so there's that lovely like compassion and kindness. And a really like meaningful community that was really important to mm. us for that relationship. Mm. Um, and again, that sense of autonomy and control. Yeah. That was a really important part of. So it all merges, but SPW and mm. single parents is mm. that they have the control over what happens with SPW and the interaction yeah. we take and the projects we build yeah. and everything. Um, and that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I thought um, the dating workshops. What was that? <laughs> the uh, dating workshops. <laughs> what? So, we, so you've probably noticed at mm. least once a week, someone will bring up dating mm. on the um, Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, we've already talked about like that body image yeah. and how tricky it is to go. Mm. So, so quite like a common thing is sort of where do I start? Or, yeah. Um, about being quite fed up with online dating yeah. or, you know, if you've been married for how, 10 years and you're, th- you know, average age is 39. Yeah. Like, where on earth do I start? Yeah, exactly. 10 years ago, online dating didn't even exist. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so we approached you. Yeah. And we wanted to set up some dating workshops. Mm. So just... To be able to give people like quite practical skills and mm. like setting up bios that's and what right. to put in them because yeah. that's like what the hell do you put in them? Mm. That's like staying true to yourself, but obviously not giving too much away. And, yeah. Um, that sense of autonomy and control again. Yeah. And um, just like lots of other stuff. Yeah. Might be nice for you to. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So obviously, it's been an absolute pleasure to do the dating workshops, and I'm currently halfway through the second time the course is run and uh, the course so session one is more about sort of the aim being some self-compassion and self-healing to try and get yourself fortified first mirroring what you said earlier um so that you're not going into dating ideally from a sort of wobbly place of not being good enough um you sort of Fortifying yourself with self-compassion is the aim of the first session, moving into, as you've already said, the nuts and bolts parts, which um, are about creating a dating profile for an app or, you know, little um, um, some content on... Um, what to talk about on a date, you know, how, how to actively listen and questions, yeah, how to ask yeah. questions and show interest because yeah. that's it's huge. It's unbelievable how yeah. many people don't <laughs> ask questions. I know it's a, a big yeah. thing that we've yeah. talked about so many times, haven't we? It's just like, are you going to ask me a question yeah. or are you just going to talk about yourself for hours on end? But yeah, just sort of like skills, social skills really that, you know, I don't want it to sound patronising, but We've talked about it so many times. Uh, it, it's clearly there's clearly a need for brushing up on these skills, mm-hmm. especially because this can be quite fast paced. It's like the whole swiping, yeah. you know, left, yeah. left, left, right, occasionally or whatever. It's just so fast paced, and it's like you you haven't got much time to sort of show who you are and show a bit more of the so story true. of you. So yeah, sort of, um, yeah, yeah. So sort of. Um, 
it's almost like you, you've got to have your game face on, make a good impression. But also, it's not just about you showcasing yourself. It's about being discerning about what's being showcased to you. So sort of um, highlighting both sides. And then, yeah, the dating workshops go on to... And I guess, like, do you know mm, what? It's just sprung into my mind. On. As you've been saying that, it's mm. like about patience. And, mm. Like, it, there is this, like, swipe, 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 swipe. Yeah. I, I guess, like, a lot of it is, like, patience. Like, it's okay if you go online and mm. for, like, maybe a week there's no one that... Because mm. you've done all this work on yourself. Yeah. You've, like, more than likely... Mm. There's, like, a traumatic story to becoming a single yeah. parent. Yeah, And you've hopefully worked through that and healed that and yeah. decided to swipe. So mm. I think, like, patience is sort of, like, a really big... That's a really good point. So in the dating workshops, we begin and end the, every workshop with a mindful, sort of guided uh, mindfulness practice. Okay. So it's all about slowing down and taking away that sense of urgency, pressure, pressure urgency, stress. Got to be now. I'm, oh. I'm this age, so I've got to like, I've got yeah. Mm, massively, yeah. there's so many things feed into it. So meet anyone again? And exactly. It does feel like, um, almost like a sense of panic with some people, doesn't it? Huge, and, and yeah. Sort of yeah. yeah. And I think that, lovely, yeah. yeah, that's why people, um, you know, that sense of urgency, they make bad decisions then because they're like, oh, oh someone's showing me attention, or oh, he's, he'll do, they'll do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just slowing everything right down and actually being discerning about what you're looking for and so many things. So, yeah, there's, so, there's a lot in the dating workshops. There are four sessions the way the course has been running this is the second time and then yeah deeper into the course healthy communication conflict which we talked about boundaries which we've all talked about really important life skills that we're simply not equipped well with you know from what watching the way politicians behave we're not going to get any good examples from politics or maybe you know we've been unlucky with um some of the parenting that we've received, but you know, people, yeah, family, I, I, you know, we can say parents do their best, but who did they learn from? And yeah, and and stuff evolves. And you know, if you think about our parents, they were probably the word mental health was, didn't even have a name or exactly exist or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot has moved on on, hugely. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly right. It's just about not handing over that generational trauma yeah poison challenge yeah exactly exactly so it's like yeah breaking the pattern and sort of being aware of patterns and thinking how can I do things differently so yeah um dating workshops has been wonderful uh for me as a practitioner personally professionally but actually seeing when it's helped people yeah 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 so we've had like really nice feedback around um Mm. like people actually find you know, like actually getting into meaningful relationships. Yeah. And, and, and from the sessions I had with you as well, so I haven't attended mm. the dating workshops, but mm. it's the same feeling and yeah. um, that's been emulated. Mm. Is um, Yeah, like I've found love again and, yeah. and, it, and like a really healthy, boundaried, lovely... Mm like this time round and stuff and I love that you have it's so wonderful to see as a friend yeah. but also just amazing um you know as you as a practitioner that that you uh, received coaching from uh, just to see yeah. the journey that you went on your self-development unfolding over those months yeah. and sit to see wow yeah you did it you smashed it like you mm. really fed in what you learned in our sessions towards meeting somebody yeah, I've like done counselling, yeah. I've done the work, I've like devoured books, podcasts mm. and all of that and I still do that. But mm. for me as well, it was just like so lovely to be able to focus on that area mm. and um, and like for you as a sexological body worker, someone could come to you and focus on sex or yeah. dating or, you know, whatever relationships, it doesn't, mm. you know, it's so nice that you can come mm. and do that, it doesn't mm. have to be about the past or like mm. about talking about that it can be you know like practical yeah like helpful stuff yeah more of a coaching model towards goals and um, although you know we did actually and that you know different people have different wants and needs and some people 
more traditional counselling and reflecting on their past can be part of it, which is what we did some in some sessions as well. But some people might find that they don't make much progress with that kind of traditional counselling and they might want yeah. someone to sort of take them forward. And of course we had all the sort of somatic body-based stuff that um, we worked on as well, not just about talking, but about doing kind of quite specific um, techniques that we used in sessions. So uh, what's the best takeaway you can offer listeners from your experience of volunteering with me as when I was a trainee coach? Um, So my things that instant, I thought of the things that instantly jumped to mind. Mm. So my I want list. Yeah. So, um, and do you know when you said this to me? Mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly saying to my children, yeah. um, not I want, I would like, please. And just like, but actually, it was really nice to be like, no, this is what I want. Yeah. In like a different setting and stuff. As yeah, well. to sort of, um, dare we as people pleasers um, have a little bit of entitlement in our life not too much entitlement so that it becomes toxic but like actually yeah. I am entitled That's to some felt, yeah, yeah because so it, it's almost like it didn't go oh I want it's a little bit scary yeah. but then you got into it I know so I so the context behind it was I was going in Staten hmm. and um so I was like, oh, I don't know what I want. So started, and then if you remember, it was two sides. I do <laughs> like A four or something. <laughs> and it was just like the more I thought about it, the more it was like. And then you, and then I remember you read them back to me, and that was mm. something really powerful from mm. the sessions. So um, whatever I'd written down or and or even said out loud, and mm. you'd sort of say back to me in a really sort of like poetic way and stuff as well that was mm. I love that those bits mm. and then the other one was like the bossy massage mm. so again as like a people pleaser um that was really good so to say like I'd like to be touched here mm. with this amount of pressure mm. and um and all of that and, and then you'd do it to me mm. was like a really good experience to be able to like um vocalize what you want yeah um and then I think the overall the overall one I loved that was sort of in every session was mm. the 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 what do you call it body focus? Yeah, body focusing, which is similar to like having a guided meditation, but goes a bit deeper, mm-hmm. doesn't it? So yeah, tell yeah, me about so that. I, and again, you'd um, at the end you'd all the words that I'd said you'd mm. say back to me in like a really poetic way. Um, so it was sort of you you get into your body like mm. whilst you're deeply relaxed mm. and whatever subject you're talking about that week mm. and it might be that um so I think one week it sort of showed up in my belly mm. and the, my belly was really happy mm. and it was like yellow and you sort of asked me and you asked me to like say what my belly would like say mm. and um and I remember that was like really powerful for me because mm. obviously you hold a lot of you like trust your gut and absolutely the second brain yeah 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 so and and that week that's where my mind was calling me into Mm. that part of my body Mm. and I just loved that and it was really um I don't know if you can remember but it was almost like the thinking part of my brain would switch off yeah and I'd be like it feels happy it feels yellow it feels yeah and it was like seeing how you responded to body focusing was so powerful for me as well as a trainee practitioner because I did body focusing with other people who that I'd say you know I'd encourage it's called introception Mm -hmm. where you sort of imagine your bones and your muscles and you know, the air in your lungs and... and um, what colours re- they might be. Exactly, yeah. and like that dropping in and trying to sort of leave... Like you say, leave the thinking part of your mm-hmm. brain up to one side, just shelve it for a bit and actually drop in. Lots of people really struggled with that and they couldn't go anywhere with it. But you were just <laughs> with me on that journey. I was like that, whoa, off she goes. And you never once yeah. said, mm. switch off that part of your brain. No. You just like yeah. the way you introduced it when it was yeah, just like... It's, it's it, quite- yeah. <laughs> it was like it was so good and then you'd read back the words to me and actually it was really mm. powerful it wasn't mm. simple at all mm. but just the language that I was using mm. was really simple and yeah which felt really nice as well just leave the complexities and mm. the 
mixed feelings. Mixed feelings. Yeah. Um, and just be really simple and use really simple language about it. Because then when you read that mm. back to me, it was really clear. Yeah. And really, like, in, we're in my body. And, yeah, I just loved those bits. And we sort of did that in every session. Yeah. And I, I really loved it. Yeah. And it's nothing I'd ever come across before. Mm. So, obviously, Human Givens model, we use guided imagery, all mm. of that. And I love yoga. Mm. And, um, but, yeah, the, those bits I just really love. Yeah, body focusing. It's mm. really powerful. And actually, now I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, I feel almost like, oh, I missed that. I haven't done it for a while for anyone or had it done for me. And I kind of yeah. want to, yeah, because it's a very much, a, I feel it's a beautiful self-compassion um, activity because there were moments when we, you know, we did it together and you just looked, you know, I, I almost, even though you were sitting across the room for me, it was almost like holding you, holding yeah. you, suspending you in that space. Mm-hmm. And you could just speak, like you said, from a body, very sort yeah. of simple level. And then you'd come up afterwards into like human, like um, social, <laughs> social engagement with me. And it'd be like, hi, yeah. you're back in the room. Yeah. And it just, yeah, some really beautiful mm. moments. Cause, I really cause enjoyed I that. Because I quite struggle with guided imagery sometimes mm. as well. So I liked it that it was um, like a bit more into your body mm. and then that bit of my brain that was like calling me to other areas or saying oh what you know you, you've got loads to do today or what yeah. about that time when you said happy birthday to someone and they, <laughs> <laughs> and they said hello and they said hello <laughs> <laughs> like when you were 15 or something like you know, that just switches off and yeah. it's so simple yeah. And, yeah I loved it yeah, yeah. I'm um, so glad you enjoyed to go on and then um, and like because we're like close friends yeah it was so we'd sort of, and I was your volunteer so we both sort of took it quite seriously mm. and professionally yeah so we'd sort of have a chat afterwards wouldn't we and, yeah um, and I think the bit for me as well is you know that I really love devouring and learning mm. and self-developing so you'd always send me like an article to read or a podcast to listen to. Mm. And, yeah. To sort of back up what we've yeah. done in sessions. Yeah, a bit of a magpie yeah. like that. So often we'll be talking about something, yeah. let's say, grief. And I'll be like, oh, I found something about grief. Yeah, I found an article about yeah. grief and I'll send it to you. And yeah. we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That really yeah. resonates. So, yeah, it's yeah. really rich. It's You're such an amazing sounding board to have in my corner kind of professionally and personally I did just want to go briefly back to bossy massage because mm. I love bas- bossy yeah. massage and listeners m- might be like what they said something about bossy yeah. massage and then they, you, we didn't yeah. really dwell on it but what I really loved which we experienced mm. to, together in bossy massage is that of course it's about consent it's about mm. saying what you want and about consenting to mm. um certain touch certain types of touch so you know i might for example might have massaged your shoulders mm. or your arm what are what when you get into the sort of real nuance of it all was when um the receiver of the touch needs to negotiate and that can be the kind mm. of oh Am I going into endurance with this touch yeah. now? Is it too firm? Mm. And you would have to find your voice. So I'd have to say, how is this touch? Mm. Would anything make it a little bit better? And you would have to find your voice to go, actually, it's a bit too firm. Could you move your touch to the left or to the right? And how was that for you? Um, I, I don't know if you remember, but no. um, there, so if there was a bit, I can't remember where it was on my body. I'm wondering if it was a head or neck massage yeah something like that and, yeah. and it was actually hurting me yeah oh no I'm I laughing it. <laughs> it was hurting me <laughs> so I, and I went into endurance which yes. is such a good word that you brought mm. to my life mm. endurance and like um and I think we all do it loads with loads of stuff like yeah. the amount uh, the amount of people probably out there that mm. sit at the hairdressers and the um the hairdryer is boiling hot. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the water's boiling hot. Yeah. Or freezing cold. And you go, yeah, it's fine, thanks. Yeah. And then at the end, <laughs> yeah. when they've done a shit haircut, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, look at thanks. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> and you actually, like, just want to cry. Like, how, yeah. how, how many people say, I actually hate it? Mm. Like, they might ring up afterwards. Or, yeah. And I think that's, like, the, that endurance thing. I know that's a really silly mm. example. Mm, I think it's a brilliant example. Yeah. And sex and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
and yeah, for me, even though like you're one of my closest friends, mm. and, and you'll teach trying to teach me how to yeah, so, like, and speak I'm, up. I'm like mm. you know we're both like quite strong mm. women, mm. and I still couldn't say to my close friend, mm. "Wow, that's hurting me." Yeah, and that was so interesting to me. Yeah, and it was like afterwards I said, "Oh, actually, um, it was a bit firm, and I mm. it, it hurt me a bit, and it was so bizarre for me." I just automatically went into endurance without yeah. even think, almost without even yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, we do it on autopilot mm. and without wanting to go on a massive yeah. rant about why. But yeah. you know, we you know, as kids, no, no, you don't want that toy. Put it back. No, you, yeah. you don't want to jump in that puddle. Come on, you'll get wet mm. feet. Mm. And we're just taught from a really young age, unfortunately, to sort of override yeah. our wants. Or when we're going into endurance, like shush, be quiet and all that mm, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like a teasing apart of that as you get older. Yeah. Okay, of course children need discipline. Of course, no, don't jump off that cliff. Yeah. You know, a lot of things are done to keep little kids safe. Mm-hmm. But we're so tender and young that we can't differentiate the thing that we're supposed to stop doing for safety. And the thing that we're supposed to stop doing just because someone wants to control us. Yeah. You know, we grow up with that exactly. and it doesn't disappear, does it? Yeah, we're yeah. suddenly in our four thirties or forties thinking, Oh, am I allowed am I entitled to have a little bit of, a, of yeah. control over my experience exactly. here? And I think as mm. women as well, um it's sort of we've we've like the even the word bossy massage, like bossy is such a horrible and loads of connotations around it. Huge. But there's nothing wrong with being bossy mm. or over your own body yeah yeah god yeah and like over loads of other stuff as well absolutely more like assertive and yeah but there's loads of stuff around that isn't it yeah it's huge yeah yeah it was such a wonderful time i loved i loved you being my volunteer such an important word yeah and actually, funnily yeah. enough, even though I passed it on to you, you are a great reminder. Like sometimes when we talk as friends about something going on in my life, you'll be like, are you going into endurance? Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, yes, Amy's keeping me back on track with the yeah. endurance and clocking it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm Definitely. so glad. And even like in work or whatever, you can just recognise loads of points where you just go into endurance. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, we sort of use it, like, playfully, like, if you're in a park with your kids, yeah. and you're definitely in the park, you don't want to be there. <laughs> it's raining. And, yeah. yeah, it's boring. Yeah, it's and they're like, and then yeah, I'm going to yeah. jump off yeah, this for the millionth time. Watch me. Yeah, yeah brilliant. So there's obviously endurance in your life that of course. is for mm. your kids. Yeah. Mostly for your kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and there's things that you do because you love other people, but it's just so powerful to like watch it and mm. be aware of it and, mm. and like repeating it. And yeah. again, as people pleasers, mm. it's, it's like our first. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just endure it over here. Yeah, exactly. I, it, I won't say anything. Yeah, I don't want to displease you. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. Oh, it's such a rich, rich, rich conversation. Yeah. So um, just noticing the time and almost coming towards the end of our time together, but just wondered um, any, just quite quickly, if you can, what, what are some of the most popular healthy coping strategies for relationship issues that SPW members have given positive feedback for? Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing mm. and the like most widely thing that we sort of do across... Mm. Um, is is about sort of acknowledging and, mm. and appreciating that knowledge is power. Mm. So if you know about something, for mm. example, if you know that if you recognise that you're an endurance, there's a name. There's a name, yeah. and you can bring that to the. If you recognise that you're ruminating about something, if you um, recognise that you're feeling a certain way about something repeatedly, mm. if you recognise that you're really burnt out mm. and or you're about to be really burnt out would mm. be ideal wouldn't it yeah um, exactly and I think that knowledge is power and mm. it's definitely in that self-development journey mm. um and then something else around like emotional regulation mm. so we talk about these three islands mm. and the um the first one is the in control island mm. where you're a really motivated version of yourself ticking off your to-do list mm. and um, you're sort of like really achieving everything you want to achieve and you feel really good and happy mm. and well. You're going to yoga three times a week and all of those. Perfect. <laughs> Heaven. Is this... Properly. Yeah. yeah. So, Utopia. Yeah. And, yeah. and as you're saying it, it feels like 
who stays there and actually no one mm. does stay there very long mm. because as you, you your cup starts to fill mm. and as your cup starts to fill ideally you'd recognize that so you'd recognize symptoms in your body mm. you may be um, not sleeping very well yeah. a bit agitated with the kids mm. stuff like that mm. not doing very well at work mm. like at the first stages mm. not doing very well at work for mm. a few days yeah um, and then you'd hop over into the emotional regulation island mm. where you do all of the things that you know is going to make you feel better talking yeah. to a friend yeah these are mine now talking to a friend yeah yoga getting outside maybe like simplifying my day mm. um writing a to-do list and mm. stuff like that it's really simple yeah and then you can like hop back and be back into mm. your motivated self but if you don't recognize and acknowledge it yeah. then you sort of drift out right into the out of control island which Ooh. is really far away yeah and that's when you need things like long-term counseling or ah, medication or time off sick from work yeah because you've drifted out, you've gone too far, right. you're in that red zone. Not taking care of yourself. Yeah. So if you're mm. on that out-of-control island, then you, you know, if you spill your coffee, then it's like the end of the world, or yeah. you get a flat tyre. It's almost like you can't actually cope with it, yeah. because you're already feeling out of control. Yeah. Whereas if you're in control, or even in emotional regulation, mm. then you can you regulate it more and you're able mm. to be more logical logical with it and, mm. um so that for me is like something i wish because it's really important about self-care yeah and about self-development yeah and looking after yourself and putting on your own oxygen mask yeah before your kids exactly because yeah yeah because particularly pertinent for single parents is that they're to-do list is never ending yeah. they're very Always overloaded fits. with tasks yeah so actually yeah that's yeah. so yeah labeling recognizing when you're yeah and just and it, and when it you need to slow down to, yeah. or just do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself exactly and it doesn't have to be that so I actually go to yoga during my working week to try and fit it in mm. but because it's really hard but mm. the self-regulation can be that you take your kids on that journey with you mm. so instead of going to a soft play center you go out into the woods or something mm. like mm. somewhere on the beach that you know is gonna yeah help you something fortifying for the parent yeah. as well as the children yeah it doesn't and i think yeah. lots of single parents just constantly like, constantly put their children first which yeah. we all do mm. but it's like you can have that balance yeah and, um, i think that's been the most fruitful yeah thing. and even with dating and stuff as well and mm. those relationships is still like bringing that all along with you and mm. and just acknowledging if, if it is a bad relationship or and don't just continue in the same patterns yeah and, you know looking like actively questioning and being curious mm. and taking your time that patience yeah yeah so that would be yeah that. yeah so the, yeah those are um you know strategies and um healthy ones that uh, the service users can use and yeah. feedback on. And the final yeah. one that I thought would be nice to end on is just um, around, um, it's really like platonic relationships mm. and around how healing, and we sort of touched on that before, mm. and nourishing they can be over mm. trying to find a new partner. Um, yeah. And I think as soon as you get those um, like really nourishing and healing friendships mm. and maybe other single parents and yeah or whoever it is yeah you sort of um you sort of feel a bit more worthy and a bit mm. more um you wouldn't take um just settle and stuff like that because yeah. you feel quite fulfilled within those relationships yeah and I think that's really powerful huge you don't feel that loneliness and that isolation exactly you might jump into a new relationship for that's a good point that you've yeah that you've got those um support network around you helping you with your resilience and your self-esteem already yeah yeah that's wonderful oh thank you so this has been absolutely amazing talking to you as, as always and um, just before I bring it to a close, um, just any listeners, um, where can they find out more about you and your work? Could you tell us Thank about you. your the places that can happen online? Um, so, yeah, so we, uh, singleparentswellbeing.com is yeah. always a good place to start. Mm. There's links to our Facebook group on there. Yeah. 
there's a tab for workshops and meetups. Awesome. There's an about us page. Yeah. Um, and then our Instagram mm. and Facebook yeah. handles are Single Parents Wellbeing. Mm. Um, and you can find out more about us on there too. Yeah, fab. Got it all covered. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Amy Holland. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dating, Relationships and Sex podcast with me, Rachel Shan. I'm passionate about supporting and empowering individuals, couples and groups to improve their capacity for pleasure, well-being and healthy relationships in a safe, empathetic and creative environment. Please contact me via my website www.theembodimentpractitioner.com or Instagram to arrange a free 20-minute consultation via video or audio call.